You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. Oh, it was rough. We knew what to expect, but he was even worse than we thought. We'll talk about it next on ESPN New York Tonight. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. That is the number to join us on this Monday edition of ESPN New York tonight. Along with Kyrie and Joel, we're here until midnight when it's Freddie Fitzsimmons on the show. So we got an abbreviated edition to talk to you at one eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. And let me say this once again: if you're out on the roads listening to us, please be careful. The roads are slick. It is very windy. Two hands on the steering wheel, and uh, try to concentrate. Please be safe out there. I I wish I could say to you that I was embarrassed. I mean, a number of callers have taken me to task to say that's the only level that you have this Nick team to reach is don't embarrass you. And that's what I said earlier. And and they didn't embarrass me tonight. As as surprised as you probably are to hear me say that, they didn't embarrass me because I I, I didn't expect them to win. So I don't know how to feel. Here's how I feel. I've seen the 76ers as a Knicks fan. I've seen the 76ers. I've seen the Bucks. And then on, you know, occasionally when I'm not working, I've watched the Lakers and the Clippers and, you know, some of the top teams out West. Seen Toronto. And I think the better word to describe my feeling after watching the game tonight is depression. And depression in the sense that there, there's nothing close that this Nick team has to you saying from a talent standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, that they have elite. We're not even talking about just making the playoffs now. Okay. I'm talking about chance for a chip. And you look at the team that's on the floor tonight for the Knicks. And I know as, uh, you know, Ed Cohen and uh, Brendan Brown kept saying, no Neil Aquina, as if he was going to score 40 points. No Marcus Morris Sr., obviously. And you're looking and you're saying, we're not even close. There's, there's nothing on this court that you saw tonight that gave you hope to say that, you know what? With a couple more players, we'll be in the mix. There's nothing. There was nothing. There was nothing on the court that you looked at tonight as a Nick fan that gave you hope to say that we're just a couple players away. Let me give you a couple of stats that will just tell you all what it's all about tonight. The Nick starters <coughs> were 10 for 45. 10 for 45 shooting. Mm-hmm. NBA. <laughs> Professional. 10 for 45. Take Julius Randle away. Take Julius Randle away. The starters were 5 for 33. Julius Randle was 5 of 12. 
And if you're an analytics person, the plus minuses are amazing tonight. They're amazing. Kevin Knox, minus 37. Taj Gibson, minus 33. Julius Randle led all scorers for the Knicks with 19, minus 31. R.J. Barrett, 0 of 9, 0 of 2 from 3, 2 for 2 from the free throw line, 2 points, minus 25. And Dennis Smith Jr., 1 of 7, 0 of 3 from 3, 2 of 2 from the free throw line, minus 28 in this 4 points. As a matter of fact, there was only one player who was a plus tonight for the Knicks, and that was Bobby Portis, who was a plus one, seven points in 19 minutes. There was nothing talent-wise on this team that gave you any hope of anything positive as far as getting close or seeing what what you need to be in the to be a team that could win the title. I'm not even I'm not talking about playoffs. All right, because I know Milwaukee's going to the playoffs. I know Toronto's going to the playoffs. You look at those teams out west. I know they're going. I know the Clippers are going. I know the Lakers are going. I mean, obviously, injury, barring injury or something serious happening. And that, that's, that was the feeling I had watching this game. It was, it was just depression. It's not disappointment because I knew they were going to lose. It's not anger because they don't have the talent. It's, it's just, it was just mere depression. To say, gosh, we are so far away from having the team that you could say, you know what? We're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. How did you feel? 1-800-919-3776. So that's how I felt watching the game. And then I was listening to the post game with Pat O'Keefe. And here's what David Fisdale started his post-game press conference with. Listen to this. Frustrating because I felt like we took a step forward um, from last game. And then uh, I, I don't think, personally, I don't feel like we came in here with the idea that we could beat this team um, from the beginning. And that was what was most disappointing. Uh, you know, they, they got whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted. Uh, and we never, we never took a real stand. Uh, I am proud of the young group that finished the game, uh, because they just played the game selflessly and, uh, you know, moved the ball and did the things that we talked about doing in the beginning. That is as bad an indictment as a coach could have for any team. They knew they couldn't win. <laughs> okay. Listen. It's all right for me to think that way. It's not all right for them to think that way. And does that mean, and listen, Spike from Jersey has been saying it for a while. Does that officially mean that David Fisdale has lost this team? When the coach says to you that they didn't play as though they thought they could win this game, and for you to have a chance to win at this game, you have to compete. And they did not compete. They didn't. They were down 18 after one. And it got worse. They lost by 44. 
the one bright spot, and he was a minus 15. But the one bright spot for, well, two bright spots. The two bright spots, semi-bright spots for me were Alonzo Trier, who scored 10 points in 12 minutes, and I kept looking for him to be waved back into the game. And Damian Dotson, who had, was 5 of 10, who had 15. Horrible from 3, 2 of 7 from 3, but went to the free throw line, did some nice things. I'm, and, and you know what? I have, I, David Fisdale is absolutely right. When he says they look like they didn't think they could win, and they played like they didn't think they could win. And so at this point, if you are the front office, if you are Steve Mills and company, and you were concerned after the last, after the first 10 games, what do you say after this game tonight when your coach says this team didn't play like they came in without thinking they had the chance to win? And you're about to hit the road to go west. So you know what that means? It's not getting any better. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. ESPN New York Tonight on 987 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Talking about the Knicks. Oh, what a night this was for them in Milwaukee. We'll get your thoughts. That's. Tell you what was very helpful for me, and I get to the calls in a minute. Here's what was very helpful for me getting through that Nick game, which I had to watch because I wanted to talk to you guys about it. Uh, was watching Monday Night Football on ESPN. Can I say this? This season, ESPN has had some fabulous Monday Night Football games, and this is another one. The Seattle Minnesota Vikings game is going right down to the wire. It's uh, Seattle up thirty four thirty with two minutes and thirty one seconds left, and Minnesota has the ball. And they're trying to, uh, you know, they need seven. And in this game, Russell Wilson, a 60-yard touchdown pass to David Moore. Get this. It was Russell's 63rd career touchdown pass that traveled at least 20 air yards. That's the most since he entered the league in 2012. Next is Drew Brees with 57. So, you know, while I love Lamar Jackson and what he's been able to do with Baltimore, I, and I think he's the MVP right now, Russell Wilson's trying to get in there. <laughs> Russell Wilson says, we are not done yet. By the way, for those of you who were expecting to hear Inside the Jets with the two E's, Eric Coleman and um, Eric Allen, that show was postponed because of the weather conditions. Uh, so they'll be back next week uh, following the game against Miami, where hopefully the Jets will get some revenge. So they'll be back next Monday here on 98.7 ESPN. Let's get to the phones. 1-800-919-3776. I'm almost afraid to ask if there was any meat in the kitchen when I talked to Trey in Brooklyn, Texas. Last time we talked to him, he stabbed a turkey for no reason. But the Knicks down by 40, I can't, I hope he wasn't anywhere in the kitchen with sharp objects. Let's find out right now. Hi, Trey. No need to stab anything tonight, Larry. This was pretty uh, cut, clear, and dry from the get-go, wasn't it? Pretty decisive. I yeah. told, you know, 
I did everything but send a letter to the Milwaukee Bucks. I damn it, I said load management. Load management. They ain't even getting my message. <laughs> what the hell, Larry? Nope. There were guys that were playing tonight. I it was a career high. You know. And, um, and he, he was the worst part of it. The I said the compo that used to be here had a yeah. better game than anybody on this team. And he's dancing, and they're just everybody's having a good time. You know, there, there comes a point in this season, Larry, because there's going to be other games like this. Now we're headed out west, like you said. Oh. So there's going to be there's going to be more games like this, right? Yep. So I don't think Fisdale is going to make it. Something that something's going to happen, Larry. I don't, I'm not really sure anymore. I can't really tell. You know how, uh, like, some with, with functioning organizations, you'll be able to tell what's going on. Yes. Mm-hmm. With this one, you can't tell because the the top. I mean, every you know you know the body rots from the head, Larry. I mean, yeah. and look yeah. at our head, Larry. It's bad right now. Well, here's that the man, thing. He, he, you know here's, what? He said, here's why. He said I, he didn't know what was going on? Here's why I agree with you, Trey. When the coach. The first words out of his mouth in the post game is that we played like we didn't think we had a chance to win this game. Larry, that's your fault. That's that your tells fault. You, that, that says that they're quitting on you. <laughs> they're quitting that's on it. you. That's it. <laughs> open the door. Open the door for for Coach Smart. It's almost you like, it, and and I know you've seen it too, Trey. It's you can tell when teams, and I'm not advocating this. But you can tell when teams are trying to get their guy fired. Larry, come on, man. Dennis, Dennis Smith Jr. is not even that bad. No. I mean, you're talking about monumental plus minuses, Larry. If, if people look this up on it, minus 31? Yep. Minus 28? Oh, historic. Larry, historic you numbers. You tried to do it, Larry. Kevin Knox was a minus 37. Kevin Knox has regressed to the womb, Larry. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, man. This, that was a bad that, – that's looking like a horrible pick. Not a bad pick. Not a bad pick, Larry. He's looking like a straight-up bust right now. And I mean, he is. But, and I mean, this is bad. That kid, DiVincenzo, when you're the Eagles draft, ain't he like his second year, first year? <laughs> he out there shooting up the, like he's been in the league 10 years. Yeah. And Dennis Smith Jr. won't even put an elbow in his chest. I was at one point, Larry. I'm like, "Will somebody take a flagrant foul, please?" There's no pride in that locker room, Larry. And when there's no pride in that locker room, it looks like you're going to quit. And those those guys quit tonight. I don't care what they say. I don't care what 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 radio they're going to spin on it or what TV they're going to spin on because they have to do their job. Larry, them guys quit tonight, man. And everybody should be ashamed of themselves, and they should have to walk to the next game destination. Where's the next game, Larry? Um, you know, let me see. I'll tell you the next game. I think is is um, it's in Denver. It's not bad, Larry. You know what I'm saying? It's about I think. Let me see. Let me see. I'll tell you in a second. miles, Larry. Just get them some new balance, man. Those and then some protein no, bars. No, 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 those, no. Those guys don't deserve it, man. Those guys. That that's a horrible effort by a very poorly coached team. And yeah. coach no, the next game is back here. Next game is at the Garden uh, against uh, Denver. Yeah, they should be ashamed of themselves, Larry. It's ridiculous. It's bad. This is bad. It's and bad. then you expect people to come out in snowstorms and stuff no, like I that to brave, to brave the elements to watch that? To no. watch that product? No, I don't. No, and like I said, Trey, the, 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 most disappoint, the most frustrating thing to me is to see just how far this team is. 
The state was so far. This, this team yeah, was we this bad last year, Larry. We weren't this bad with Noah Vonley and them last year. We weren't. We were it's not true. this bad. You're right. This is bad, man. Everybody out there, the sound of my voice, y'all get home safe. Joel, Kyrie, Joel and Kyrie, y'all get home safe. Larry, please be careful out there. It's crazy out there. All right, Trey, thanks for the phone call and the kind words. 1-800-919-3776. Doug's in Long Island. Hey, Doug, you're next on 987 ESPN. Larry, how you been, buddy? I've been good, Doug. How are you? I hope you're inside. I'm actually driving home now. It's going nice and slow, so there's not really not many people on the road. So as long as you go slow, it's not too bad. Good. How's the roads? Uh, I'm on Long Island on the Northern State Parkway. It's, okay. it's not, not too bad. bad. You just okay. like you know, Larry. If you just don't overdo it, you're fine. Okay, I got you. But you know how people are when they got their four by fours. Ah, I got a four by four. Let me show you what this can do. <laughs> no, no, no. The only thing I can do is flip over faster. That's it. <laughs> you're right, Doug. All right, my friend. What All do you right, have Larry, for me? Uh, first, I got. I'll do uh, gaze first. Okay. Through fantasy football and watching football, mm-hmm. and the announcers just beat it home yesterday. You can't run inside on the Bengals. That's the only thing they do good is stop the run on the inside. Yep. They're like one of the worst teams running the outside. The Jets <laughs> ran inside all day. <laughs> I, I, Larry, I don't get it. I honestly don't understand it. And here's what makes that so crazy, Doug. You've got a running back who loves to not run inside. And Le'Veon Bell, right. he's a guy who likes to run on the outside. If you're telling me you're starting Bilal Powell and he's just going to plow his way through and it didn't work, okay, maybe. But you've got a guy in Le'Veon Bell who's multi-talented. And even when you stop running, Doug, could you throw the ball out in the flat? Could you line him up outside? These are There's the things that drive you crazy. That can cover him. No, no. And he got outside. He cut outside one time. The holding penalty negated like a 22-yard run, and the hold had nothing to do with the run. That's right. And I'm like, all right, they got to learn from it. If the announcers know, they got to know it. Now to the Knicks. Yes. We've been talking about this. I don't think a bad owner and a GM not being able to get superstars to come here is a pass for the coach. There are things this team does that are on the coach. Mm-hmm. They're the worst free throw shooting team in the league. By far. You know, I had no jump shot in high school. I could hit 75% of my free throws. Mm-hmm. You know, it's effort. Concentration is focus. Yep. Last night, they shoot 52% on two-pointers and, like, 29% on threes because this team, not a top 33-point shooter in the league, and I, I, nobody please tell me that Marcus Morris is a top three-point shooter in the league. He's, He's not. Him this year. We mm-hmm. do not have a top three-point shooter. Julius Randle, 25% from three-point land. Six of them last night, Larry. Mm-hmm. Yep. He should not be taking more than two in a game. That's on the coach. The guys don't play defense. Larry, I think I've gone over this with you five to ten times. Yep. You shoot a jump shot from 15 feet as the Knicks, that is a layup down the other end of the court when no one's crashing the board. That is on the coach. That is awful. They stink out of timeouts. They stink down the end of the games when they need a basket. It's, it's, coach. it's as bad as it's been, Doug. And tonight, when once again, and for me, that's a telling thing. When the coach comes out and the first words out of his mouth, Doug, are they didn't look like they thought they could win this game tonight. That tells you all you need to know. They're not playing for you. 
they have tuned you out, and they're not playing for you. And they, the, the front office is going to have to make a decision. Either he's going yeah, to go, well, or they're going to have to move some other folks. They have to do something because they're really limited what they can do. With I know, I know. And we don't set the bar are. high here. This bar is set as low as it can go, and you can't find ways to underachieve when there is no bar. Yeah, it's true. But they are. <laughs> it's no bar, but they are underachieving. There's no question about it. They are. Because this, as bad as this team is, Doug, this as constituted right now, if you go by what, what teams have done, before, these players have done before, and I understand, and Doug, get home safe. Thanks for the phone call, my friend. And I understand that you're putting them together and the chemistry is not always great. But on paper, this team is not a four-win team. It's not a four-win team. And to show you they're not a four-win team, look how many games they've blown late in games. Late in games, they've blown eight, nine games. This team should at least be maybe two, three games under 500. That's how they should be right now. Two or three games under 500. But, but you look at them and you see the same things happen. You see no communication. You see inconsistent play. All the things that Doug mentioned, all the things that Trey mentioned, you've seen it. That's what you see. It's a mess. And it's, I don't see how it gets better. I just don't. And, and I don't know that a coaching change helps this. To be honest, the only thing, unless you're going to tell me the coaching change is going to help you fix and improve your young players. But it's going to be the same coaching staff. They're not going to let them. They're, they're going to have an interim. They're not going to bring in, if they do change, make a change, they're not going to bring in the new guy now. They're going to do a search. So there'll be an interim. And Keith Smart, who's the, who, who's the, who's the assistant would be, you know, Smart would be the, would be the interim. And so that's who would be your coach. And he's not going to get rid of everybody else. That same staff is going to be there. So does that mean that, um, you know, the players are going to get better? Does that mean that the scheme is going to get better? Does that mean that the players are going to play harder? I will say this. As bad as that team needed scoring, there's no reason for Alonzo Trier to have come out of that game. I would have played him for the remainder of that half. He would have been not this. He'd have been shooting. They would be icing his arm tomorrow. This is ESPN New York tonight. ESPN New York tonight on ninety eight seven ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Conversation continues with Freddie and Fitzsimmons at the top of the hour. Remember, tomorrow is the 11th day of the 12 days of giving on the Michael K. Show. So make sure you join in tomorrow to have a chance because I believe on Wednesday they will have the drawing for $2,500. And all the folks who have been winners during the 12 days of giving on the K. Show will have a chance at that $2,500. Your last chance is tomorrow between 255 and 7 right here on 98.7 ESPN. Speaking of sunshine, let's talk about the New York Islanders. They are the only local team to win in the in the majors, four majors, the past two days. 
Rangers lost earlier. Devils lost earlier. But the Islanders win. Jordan Everly. Pair of goals. Did a nice job. Rangers, uh, the Islanders over Detroit by the score of four to one. And they just continue to roll. They, they're 18, five and two. 18, five and two. And they did what you're supposed to do. Detroit, seven, 20 and three. You know what you're supposed to do against teams like that? Blow them away. Knock them right out. Not even close. Don't even think that you have a chance to win. You know, like Milwaukee did to the Knicks tonight from the beginning. You're not, don't even think about having a chance. Listen, you don't have to worry about blowing the game late tonight. <laughs> you don't have to worry about it tonight. There's no way you're going to be thinking about, man, here's another game we could have had a chance to win. Nope. We'll settle that right now. Mike's in Long Island. Mike, you're next on 987 ESPN. Hey, Larry, thanks a lot for taking my call. I really appreciate it. You got it, partner. Um, Yes, sir. I was calling because, um, like you said, um, and I happen to be at work tonight, um, but I was able to catch, I believe when I turned it on, it was in the third quarter, um, and I work at a gym, so we have a TV right there. But anyway, long story short, Mm -hmm. um, I didn't even have to watch the game kind of to know what it is. What I've seen all season from them, I've been a diehard Knicks fan since uh, 1994, and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that was a pretty tough year as it is. So, uh, um, But we made it far, and it's kind of like – when you have those types of uh, letdowns, you kind of still have hope. And then yeah. it seemed like, you know, then in 98, we had the Allen Houston Latrell's Freewell team that made it and, 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 you know, number eight and beat Miami. And it was like, oh, my God. And ever since then, it has been an absolute horror show. And I will say this one thing. Your, your uh, previous caller, the gentleman that was on the Northern Parkway, made a really good point. Um, he was speaking specifically to free throws. But just as it um, impacts the entire game, focus and effort are two things that you don't have to teach a guy, that if you put those things out there, you'll have it. I'll give you a prime example. The L.A. Clippers last year, a little bit more talented, obviously. They have the sixth man of the year and one of the toughest teams out there. But they took Golden State to six games uh, with Kevin Durant before he got injured um, out of complete, pure determination and grit out of want to, out of the fact that, first of all, Doc Rivers is a coach that is uh, uh, able to coach his players and the players want to play for him. Um, he, you know, is, is a great coach. But beyond that, the players themselves had a little bit of pride. <laughs> and I think mm-hmm. that that's the word that I was looking for. The Knicks are lacking the pride. And, um, you know, I've, I'm, I'm from Brooklyn, Canarsie all my life. I live on Long Island now. Um, but there's, there's a certain pride that comes with being in New York that comes with walking through the city. Uh, even when tourists come, they love to come and walk through the city. Um, um, as dirty as the city is, people love to come here because there's a pride about it. Mm-hmm. And the Knicks don't have that. And so uh, my, my, my final and last thing I would like to say and hear what you would like to say is that um, do you think that the players that are drafted or the players that are picked up in free agency are done so more for, I don't know, I guess because like the last gentleman said, the guys, the real big guys won't come. But there's a certain level of guy like, like say, a George Hill, say, a Eric Bledsoe, and I'm not sure if these guys were ever available, but that type of player that actually has pride in himself, 
and then wherever he goes, he's kind of going to take that with him. That doesn't mean he's going to win a whole bunch of games, but you see more of an effort. Do you think maybe that's the way we should go? Because it seems like we're not going to get the superstar guy. So maybe we should start drafting or, or, or uh, trading for guys that just seem to have a little bit of heart in the league. Once again, uh, uh, Larry, thanks for taking my call and have a wonderful holiday season. Uh, you too, Mike. Thanks for the phone call. You made some inter- interesting points. I will say this. I think, I think the young guys, I think OJ Barrett is that type player. I think Mitchell Robinson will be that type player, but he's just undisciplined right now. And as what he had three fouls in five minutes when he got on the court tonight, you know, uh, so I think, so I, I do believe that some of those players have that. The veterans, I think, are the ones that you're most disappointed in, Mike, because they are the ones that during the, during training camp, during the preseason, we're talking about, and I remember having this conversation with Alan Hahn, and I said, you know what? To hear them talk about this is not going to be the way it was. People are not going to go down the lane like they used to. This is going to be a different way with the Knicks. We're not tolerating that stuff. And I said to him, wow, what is the reputation of this Nick team around the NBA? When players on the, on the, from the other teams look and see the lack of pride, as you mentioned it, Mike, the lack of caring, the lack of competitiveness, when they see that and they just shake their heads and say, we can get whatever we want here. And that's what they do. And that's what they've done over the past couple of years. And, you know, we talked about it last night and it happened again tonight. There were fast breaks where nobody got back on defense. I mean, they could have missed the layup and nobody of the Knicks would have been there. Even if it's a fast break, even if it's four on one, nobody would have been there to get the rebound, but buck players because the Knicks didn't go down because they were just done because they gave up because they quit. And that's what they did. And here's the worst thing. They didn't quit during the game. They quit before the game. And that's a harsh thing. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a harsh thing to say about an athlete. I don't care whether they're kids, teenagers, high school, college, professional. That's a tough thing to say, an athlete quit. But when David Fisdale, and I'll say it again, when he came out and the first words out of his press conference was, they didn't think they could win this game. They didn't give effort. So that means they quit at the beginning of the game. Not not when they got to 30 or 40 at the beginning. So they came out with no intentions. They knew there was no way they were winning this game. And that's bad. That's as bad as it can be. Even the, And once again, it's okay for broadcasters to think that way, people who cover the team, reporters. It's okay for fans to think that way. It's not okay for the players to think we got no shot. Because when you think that way, that's how you play. And when you play like you have no shot, the score looks like it did tonight. If they have put up a better effort, would they have still lost? Probably because they're playing a better team, a team that's got more talent, a team that's got more depth. They're playing a team that was, that has the best record in the East and is maybe a half game to a game behind for the best record in the NBA behind the Lakers who have jumped off to a fabulous start. So from a talent standpoint, you know you're not going to to beat them, but you can compete against them. And they didn't do it. And it showed. And it not only showed how bad they played talent-wise, but it showed how bad they thought mentally that they weren't even ready to play this game. They had checked out before the game started. 
Set. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Got some baseball. Boy, the snow out there. You know, I said, let, let me just bring a little hot stove baseball news. We'll do that in a couple of minutes. Right now, let's talk to Phil in Brooklyn. Phil, you're next on 98.7. Larry. Hey, Phil. Buddy. What's up, man? Listen, I, I sat through that whole game. You're a tough man, Phil. Game. You're a tough a man, fan. Phil. I'm, I sat through the whole game because I just, you know why? I'm looking forward to seeing Alonzo Chair play. Okay. And when he finally plays, the guy was efficient. Yep. And I just want to point out this stat. The same thing happened in Toronto, happened again today. The guy who put up the least amount of minutes throughout the whole team was the third leading scorer for the whole game. And he's mm-hmm. only averaging 10 minutes? Yep. 10 minutes. And I don't want to hear about the defense because they just lost by 40. So who's not playing defense? I don't want to hear Lando Church not playing defense. It's coaching. Like, why is Fizdale just not developing these young guys? Sitting on the bench, they're not getting developed. You're playing Wayne Ellington. Come on. He needs to go. Fizdale, what are you doing? We need to bring Mark Jackson in. I, I preach it time and time and again. And just Fizdale is just like, he just does not have to bring these guys to their, their max capabilities. Mm-hmm. Well, it looks that way, Phil. Thanks for the phone call. I will say this. Um, I'm not sure why he took him out tonight. He must have let him play. Let, let him get going. Let him get a rhythm. Hopefully he'll get more playing time. I mean, clearly with Nilakina out, Peyton is still out. I don't even know when he's coming back. Nobody's even talking about a return date for him. I mean, this pulled hamstring has been, it seems like a, like two months. Alonzo Turin needs to play. Now I was I was going along with what I heard and and spoken to some folks and Wally mentioned it when he joined us and Alan's mentioned it in the previous in the previous weeks that they you know all told the same thing it's been a defensive issue for Lonzo Trier but at this point when you don't have scoring and you're minus clearly Marcus Morris Senior who is a scorer who has the potential to put points on the board you need to replace that he's the leading scorer on the team you don't have your leading score. You need to find some people that can help replace it. Not just one person, maybe two or three. And clearly, Alonzo Trier is a guy who can put the ball in the basket. So I think he needs to play more. We'll see if he'll get more opportunities. He should. We'll find out. Time will tell if that's the way it's going to go. But clearly, tonight, he was, as I mentioned, one of the bright spots. He was one of the bright spots. And Dennis Smith Jr., listen, one of seven, four points, 26 minutes, had over 30 last night. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's. I guess he'll get better. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I just keep hearing about, you know, you keep hearing about, well, he's playing himself into shape. I'm like, okay, but I'm not, I'm not seeing anything yet. I'm still not, I'm not seeing anything that makes me think that he's getting close. I'm just not. Robbie's in Massachusetts. Hey, Robbie, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry, how are you? How's the weather? Well, it's pretty snowy up here, I'll tell you. It's going to snow again tonight, so uh, I already got my tires on tomorrow. It's a little bit late for me, so <laughs> I, I have to tell you, honestly, Larry, the Giants and the Knicks are an abomination, and, you know, I've been a, I've been a Giant fan, a Knicks fan, I mean, since 1972, I've been going to, you know, games as a kid, and, you know, even remember the old championship back in 73, 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's amazing how one side of the building is completely incompetent. Now, I know the Rangers lost today, but you can see the Rangers going in the right direction. Yes. But I want to talk about the New York football Giants because the Giants, to me, are the biggest joke right now. The Knicks, we know, stink. But the Giants are so dysfunctional. Talk about four things. It's accountability, you know, uh, growth. And the fact of the matter is this team hasn't grown under Shermer. It's like a broken record, Larry. They do the same damn thing every yeah. week, the same yep. excuses. It's the same, you know, almost like just antiseptic press conference. This guy makes, I'm telling you, this, this guy makes like Stephen Wright look like, you know, Freddie Mercury. I mean, it's like <laughs> the worst. I mean, I mean, does it take John Merrick a 20 and seven record, you know, seven and 20 record to say this guy stinks as a head coach. Let's get rid of him. And Dave Gellum is another guy who has to go. I'm sorry. This whole team is dysfunctional. What's their plan? How about building a defense first in a cold-weather city? What is Shermer doing? The same thing with Gaze. He threw a young quarterback 48 times in Cincinnati, yeah. and, the same thing with, and the same thing with Shermer 37 times. How about handing the damn ball off? How, I mean, I watch coaches look ridiculous. How about tonight in the Vikings game where you got a really good pass to your tight end at the end of the game, you know, and you're moving the ball, and you need mm-hmm. three yards, and you got two plays, and you come up with a pass that's incomplete and another pass incomplete. I don't understand coaches today. I really don't. People want to know why Bill Belichick's such a good coach because he makes the right call for the right play in the right situation. And that's what bothers me. You know, he talks about going after a team's uh, weakness. How in the world Cincinnati has the worst defense in the league against the run, and they call 48 times? Can you explain the stupidity? And what's the solution, Larry, for the Knicks? Can we fire Fizdale? Um, Four and 17, you know what? They're going to win less games than they won last year. It's amazing. I tell you, Robbie, it, it, it doesn't look good. Thanks, Close my friend. My and be safe up Thanks, in Man- Massachusetts. Good talking to you. And see, I'm not convinced that the coaching change does was the coaching. I don't know if the coaching change does anything. I really don't. Town's not that great. I mean, maybe it helps the young players, but once again, it's going to be the same staff. Is it going to be that much of a difference? Well, perhaps we'll find out because it can't continue the way it is. I mean, think of it this way. If that game was at the Garden, Steve Mills and company would be talking to the media right now. Especially when your coach says that you guys, the team, didn't play like they thought they could win. They'd be right. They'd be. They'd still be talking. Still be talking. It's rough. It's rough. And once again, it's 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 as frustrating as you can be because you look and once again, just like Robbie said, the Rangers you can see. They're losing, but they got young kids that are talented. They're gonna be okay. Okay, they're gonna be all right. They they're heading in the right direction. Jets have a quarterback. They're heading in in the right direction. They gotta make some changes, clearly, but they're heading in the right direction. Giants, they got a running back. They got a quarterback. Okay. They are, they need some work defensively. We know that's not a perfect team, but at least you looking at them, you say, well, okay, if they make a change here, a change there, they could be going in the right direction. I, you watch the Knicks on the same court with Milwaukee and you tell me as a Knicks fan, how do you feel? How good do you feel about your future right now? How good do you feel? What hope do you have that things are going to get better? What hope? Let's talk a little baseball. 
with the weather outside the way it is. You know, um, earlier tonight on Yes, Meredith Morakovitz sat down with uh, Hal Steinbrenner to get his thoughts on a couple of things. And um, let's start with how aggressively will you pursue coal and Strasbourg? Here was he had to say. I'm not going to talk about anybody in particular, but let me just say that all options are open as far as I'm concerned. Anything that rolls around across my desk, I'm going to be looking at real seriously. Now, according to the Athletics' Ken Rosenthal, the Yankees plan on sitting down with uh, Garrett Cole and Steven Strasburg over the next couple of days. So, Yankee fans, I know you're going to you're going to you're ex- excited to see what's going to happen out of that scenario. And here's the bottom line: Okay, it's going to be, in my opinion, it's not going to be money; it's going to be years. Listen to how Steinbrenner asked if he would go over the luxury tax for a starting pitcher. It's a big deal. It's something we would certainly prefer not to do because their draft, their, you know, their June draft ramifications, there's a, there's numerous ramifications. Uh, but that is something I would consider. If it's coal, I think you have to consider it. But once again, it's going to be a year's thing. Monetarily, they would have went over the cap last year for Corbin. Corbin wanted seven. They wanted six. Corbin went where he could get seven years. And do I understand the Yankees as far as pitching is concerned and not having a long amount of years? Absolutely. They've been burned a lot by free agent pitching not producing. And then you have them for a long period of time. That doesn't work. Finally, Meredith asked how Don Brennan to look back on the season. We enter every October with, with the mindset of winning a championship, and we failed to do that. I mean, there's no way to sugarcoat that. And, um, you know, we're all uh, we're all disappointed for our fans' sakes and um, had some good games in there, had a great division series. But in the end, in October, we failed. Uh, that does not mean the season, of course, was a failure. I mean, given all the adversity we faced with 30 different guys on the DL and IL rather, and, um, you know, just all the transitioning of guys coming up, guys going down, you know, to win the division first time in seven years, to win 103 games. I mean, there was a lot of, a lot of bright spots in the season as a whole, but in the end, we didn't get it done. Didn't get it done and they have to make some changes and clearly they need another starter relying on the bullpen. You saw what happened in a long series where you get to see the same pitchers over and over and over again. I think Zach Britton pointed that out. It came back to haunt the Yankees, and Houston got good timing there. They need a starter. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.